right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Higher Journeys. And of course, if it's your first time here, welcome. The interview that you're about to hear is a very special one for me, and I know uh, it will be for you as well. This is uh, obviously a very timely one, and you're soon going to find out why. If you are familiar with the, what I like to call, channeled wisdom of Bashar, you will undoubtedly know my next guest. His name is Daryl Anka, and he has been channeling Bashar for nearly 40 years, about 37 years. I had, first of all, I've had the pleasure of knowing uh, Daryl for quite a few years now, and uh, recently I had a chance to have a glimpse of a channeling that he did back in early December, and that date's going to be very important for you, and you'll soon find out why. And what I heard was stunning. What I heard was stunning. It has to do, let's just say, I would call this a message that presaged the times that we're going through right now. I was stunned. The hairs on my arm were standing up. And as soon as I heard the message, I, I said, I've got to call Daryl and see if he'll he'll speak with us about it. And I did call him up. I said, Daryl, I really, really would love for you to speak to the journey or speak to the audience about that powerful message, what that was all about and what we do with it. And he graciously accepted. I'm so delighted. Daryl has not uh, had any interviews. He's not talked about uh, this uh, this particular channeling before. This is the, be the first time that he's uh, discussed it. So I am ever so humbled and grateful that he uh, decided to give us uh, this wonderful talk. So uh, we're going to get right into it. And by the way, as you're seeing, this is, is a premiere. It was so special and the timing obviously is so apropos. I, I knew I wanted to do something special with it. So I actually will be present during the premiere. So if you have any questions or comments for me, I'll be happy uh, to hang out with you and answer as, as best I can while we're listening along and watching. Also, I want to say we've got a big announcement. Higher Journeys has got a lot going on, lots of wheels turning in the midst of all of this. So I know you're going to want to stay for the whole uh, discussion that I have with Daryl because of what he is imparting. It's powerful. But be sure you do, because at the end, I've got a special announcement. So with that, and without further ado, I now present to you my conversation with Daryl Anka. Enjoy. Daryl, I cannot tell you how grateful I am to have you on the show today and at such short notice. Please know that I appreciate that and I appreciate you and all that you do. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate the ability to get information out there too. Great, great. Well, it's always good to, to have you and to see you. Now, I know this is the first time you've agreed to be interviewed specifically uh, to discuss what we're going to be getting into today. And I am honored that you've granted me uh, this interview for that reason. So again, thank you. Uh, now, before we get into our very important topic for today, I want to start by playing a short but very powerful clip from a Bashar channeling that you did. And I want everyone to make note of this date. It was done on December 8th of 2019, late last year. Now, if you haven't seen this yet, brace yourself for what you're about to hear because it's super important. So let's first pause here and briefly watch and listen to this. We'll be right back. We would like each and every one of you to know how important it is for you to truly be yourselves in the coming year. How important it will be for you to make decisions that are in alignment with your best discernment. 
how important it will be and how important it is for you to remain at the center of the storm. Because if I may use some of your colloquial language, 2020 is going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. And it is of paramount importance that you remain, if you wish to be on a certain train, in the eye of the storm where it's calm, where peace and solitude reigns, where even though you may see the storm raging all around you, swirling around you, thundering and lightning all around you, it is more important than ever before and more important than it will be for quite a long time during this crossing, during this threshold, during this pivotal year, to be at peace within yourself, to be calm within yourself, to be centered within the eye of the storm. So we would highly encourage each and every one of you to really take stock of who you really are and what kind of decisions you really choose to make and how they are or are not in alignment with what you truly wish your world to be. Now, Daryl, I'm not going to spend any time, nor do I think it's necessary to focus on the fact that obviously Bashar nailed this, given what's happening right now. Indeed, he did. And yes, folks, some clearly have a view from the mountaintop, so to speak, as to what will likely be playing out in our so-called future. This is definitely the case here. But what I want to most focus on is the core of the message that I know Bashar and you, Daryl, want so much for everyone to hear and to heed without any delay whatsoever. So let's, if we can, take this as the first point to discuss in this short message. Get it. What was very clear here is uh, what he was trying to convey is the importance of getting into the center, placing yourself at the center of the storm where it's calm. We know that this term is used somewhat figuratively, and I'm sure there are some who might say, well, heck, I'd rather run away from this storm that we're in right now and away from the tumult than uh, rather than get right in the middle of it. So let's talk about that first and how one would, I don't know, psychologically and even spiritually put themselves at the center. What does that look like? Well, I think the idea is that what's going on in our world today is not something that we can run away from. Therefore, the calmest place is the eye of the storm. And like he said, chaos may be swirling all around us. But if we stay in the center, obviously also metaphorically the center of our own being, that's where we're going to be able to handle everything that's going on, no matter how chaotic it gets. So I think the bottom line is, you know, we have to really face <clears throat> what's happening in the world. We have to really face and take responsibility for the decisions we make and the beliefs we hold to be true that determine the kind of reality we experience. And uh, as Bashar often says, it's not so much a matter of what's happening, but it's a matter of what you do with what's happening that makes the difference in your experience of our physical reality. So his encouragement to remain in the center of our being, to remain, remain in the center of the eye of the storm that's now raging all around us and may take many different forms in this year, I think is probably the wisest advice 
because there's just nowhere to run to. We are of the world, we are in the world, <clears throat> we are making our world what it is, and I think it's about being centered enough so that we can make more positive and responsible decisions about how this world moves forward. Absolutely. Very well said. We know Daryl Bashar describes this time in our history as, quote, pivotal. We are at a yeah. threshold, he says, a crossing. And something is obviously on the other side of this. It has to be. And I really think, in, in my estimation, this is less about the very physical 3D crisis that we're facing right now and more about the metaphysical implications and the collective uh, disposition of our very species. Do you agree with that? And if so, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, yes, in general, <clears throat> although, you know, I would always remind everyone, as he would, that physical reality is a reflection of what's going on in our belief systems and on our in our energy. So it's not so much about um, only looking at the metaphysical side of it, but understanding that, yes, of course, there are energetic causes to this that uh, initiate what's going on in physical reality as a reflection uh, of our beliefs, of our actions, of our choices. Um, so those two things have to be sort of melded together, not mm -hmm. so much one over the other. Because again, physical reality from Bashar's perspective is really nothing more than a mirror mm -hmm. of the energetic state of being that we choose to be in based on the beliefs we hold to be true, whether positive or negative. So I think we have to look at both things because the reflections in physical reality can be used to guide us by showing us what the consequences of our decisions mm -hmm. are. Wow. The word choose is what stands out for me. Uh, I mean, look, we've got so many people, everybody, particularly in our space right now is on the on the pulpit, so to speak, talking about what this is, what this isn't, how to deal with it. And the word choice mm -hmm. is a very interesting word right now. Some feel, Daryl, that at a very, very deep and unconscious level, that we collectively created this scenario for a myriad of reasons. We chose it. What are your thoughts about that? Do you well, to that. we have to be careful how we use that word choose because it mm. can be misunderstood. Some people might think that when they hear us say, you know, we chose this, that we did that <clears throat> intentionally, like, oh, we wanted this. Right. No, that's not what choice yeah. means. What choice means in this context is that whatever it is we truly believe to be true, and that also goes with what we are afraid is true is going to have a reflective consequence in physical reality. So the idea of choice is, and this can be unconscious, it doesn't have to be conscious, we might be unconsciously choosing to buy into things that are out of alignment with who we truly are or who we prefer to be. And it's those choices to hold on to things that are out of alignment with us that cause the consequence. It's not necessarily saying that we specifically chose this particular reflection but if we choose beliefs that are out of alignment choose beliefs that are negative in energy then this is going to these kinds of things are going to be the consequences of those choices it's mm. not the specific reflection that we necessarily choose although we can but it's more about the belief systems that we choose to hold on to that don't serve us that cause consequences that then can be used to guide us to make us realize that we are, in fact, maybe unconsciously holding on to hmm. fear-based beliefs that cause these kinds of reflections to happen. And that can happen in a number of ways. So it's not about specifically choosing the reflection, but it is about 
choosing to hold on to beliefs that don't work for us that are fear-based and negative. Right. And I would think that now more than ever, this is a time we're going to be challenged uh, to look at those belief systems and uh, shift where necessary. I mean, this is a good time maybe to bring up, you also mentioned, or I'm sorry, Bashar also mentions in this short clip, this idea of discernment. When we think of discernment within uh, the context of what we're now being asked to do, be responsible in keeping ourselves healthy, right. social distancing at sure. all, knowing when to pull back from large groups, et cetera. Yes, that, that's using discernment. But I have yes. a feeling that Bashar meant something I don't, not different, but even more expansive in this case, something that has much yeah. larger implications. Is that correct? Yeah, he means something deeper. He means discernment within ourselves. He means honest self-investigation so that we are honest about knowing the difference between what is truly representative of our excitement and what might actually be more representative of our anxieties or our fears. Because a lot of times people will gloss those things over. They will say, oh, this is my passion, this is my excitement, when in fact what they're doing is acting out of anxiety and fear. Mm. But they don't want to face that. So this takes honest self-investigation. Because we do, when we're clear with ourselves, when we're honest with ourselves, we do know the difference between the vibration of excitement and the vibration of anxiety. So we have to get denial out of the way. We have to be willing to look deeper within ourselves to find out what we do believe to be true. Because as I said, often that can be an unconscious belief. Only by bringing it into the light of our consciousness can we have the ability to truly understand what the belief is telling us and to be able to let it go if it's something that's not in alignment. It really, from Bashar's perspective, actually comes down to the very ancient idea of just know thyself. Mm. We have to be willing to be transparent to ourselves and not compartmentalize our fear-based belief systems and ignore them or gloss them over. Because really, we can't change what we're not willing to be responsible for owning. Right. Okay. So the word that I picked out of this, this last thing that you said is anxiety. The things choosing anxiety, well, again, choosing, you want to maybe use, an, we want to use another word, but anxiety being at the uh, forefront or being pushed to do things out of anxiety versus passion. Right. But now that anxiety is on steroids, forgive the term, because of what we're looking at. So there's somewhat of a paradox here. I don't know. what. How, how do we unravel that? Well, I understand that the reflection can, in some cases, reinforce the idea of a negative belief and amp up the anxiety. But see, this is the key, is if we understand that what we're seeing in physical reality is really, in a sense, literally a reflection, like a reflection in a mirror, then we can use that to determine whether we like what we see and whether or not we want to change mm -hmm. what we are so that we get a different reflection. So if we can, this is again why Bashar encouraged us to stay in the eye of the storm so that we're not tossed about by what we see. Because again, if that's just a reflection of our state of being, then it can be used if we're calm as a guiding mechanism right. to let us know that this is not the direction we prefer to go. And therefore, what do we have to change within ourselves in order to get a different reflection? Because we can use anything positively or negatively. That's right. It doesn't really matter how things look in that sense traditionally. Nothing has built-in meaning, according to Bashar. We're the ones that supply meaning to what's happening. And while we might be able to recognize that a reflection we're getting might have been caused by a negative energy, 
that doesn't mean it has to stay that way. It can always be used to learn a lesson in a positive direction. And if we're willing to look at what we've done and what we've made of the world, then it's possible to learn the lesson that will allow us to change ourselves and get a different reflection. I love the Shakespearean quote that says, and I believe it's from Hamlet, that says, there is nothing good or bad except thinking makes it so. And I think that's what you're saying. That, that's, uh, exactly. It's a all... belief system that really determines how we experience everything. It's the energy we give off. It's the meanings that we automatically often put into things because we've been taught to say, you know, this is positive, this is negative. Now, we can mm. recognize the difference between positive and negative energy in the sense that positive energy is collective, integrative, expansion. You know, it creates expansion. Whereas negative energy, and I'm just talking mechanically here, this is not a value judgment of good or bad. Negative energy is simply that which disconnects, which segregates, which separates, uh, which lowers energy, lowers frequency, so to speak. Um, whereas positive increases the frequency and allows us to see things more holistically. Whereas negative energy breaks things down into parts that makes things sometimes a little bit more challenging to manage. Um, so the idea is to understand that you can, you know, you can use a negative mechanism for positive reasons. So if we can learn the lessons from this particular experience, which most people would call negative, we can still extract a beneficial and positive outcome if we're willing to let go of the fear-based beliefs that created this and start going in a positive direction to figure out how can we learn from this so that this doesn't necessarily have to happen in this way again. Again, it comes down to being transparent within ourselves, knowing ourselves, and making decisions based on beliefs that know that we know that are in alignment with us and not out of alignment because of fear. The thing that, again, I keep hearing paradox in my head over and over again, yeah. the sure. isolation, the separation, the siloing, uh, mm -hmm. which I would, con I, fundamentally, you would consider to be a negative thing. This is what we're seeing right now. The very essence of this, Daryl, is uh, social distancing. Didn't even hear the word a, a week ago. Um, which right, would but seem you can't use that for a positive reason. That's what I'm saying. You can use negative mechanisms for a positive reason. And right now, the idea of social distancing, even though it might be using a negative mechanism to separate people, might actually be a positive thing to allow us to ride the storm out. So that's what I mean. You can use positive mechanisms negatively. You can use negative mechanisms positively. We have to learn the difference between the two and how to use them constructively, no matter what it actually is as a mechanism. And if we use it constructively by staying in a positive state with it and knowing, all right, we're making a decision here to sort of social distance uh, as we ride this out, <clears throat> um, then that's okay. That can have a positive result. So it's just a matter of keeping the balance point there and understanding why we're doing what we're doing. And as long as we're doing it for a positive reason in sure. a clear and conscious way, then it's going to have a beneficial effect, even though it might be using what is classically a quote-unquote negative mechanism. Absolutely. I agree with you. Let mm -hmm. me ask you what your sense uh, is about what is, you want to, I want to say what's on the other side of this, but I suppose what's on the other side of it is still being written by us to a great extent. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe exactly. I just answered the question. I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah, that's but, why this is a pivotal year. 
Okay. Elaborate, please. <laughs> gives us the opportunity. I mean, it's like what Bashar said recently. It's like, you know, look at the, uh, look at the metaphorical analogy. Hmm. This is the year 2020. We use the idea of 2020 to represent clear vision Absolutely. forward. Yes. We also use the idea of 2020 to talk about clear vision backward, Absolutely. 2020 hindsight. Yes. So the idea is that we're right smack in the middle of the idea of the past and the future. Wow. And 2020 represents our, our opportunity to really see clearly what we've chosen in the past and really apply that clearly to what we prefer in the future. So I, that's why he's saying this is a very pivotal moment. Uh, we're challenging ourselves to the nth degree, pushing ourselves, in a sense, into a corner, and we have to find a new way out because the traditional ways are simply breaking down Absolutely. and not working I love it, love it, love it. I am smile, smiling broadly, folks. Daryl, you, can, you can't see me right now. You're looking at a, a, a static smile with my avatar, but I am smiling because... Yes, but the avatar is smiling. The, the avatar is smiling. There you go. <laughs> um, the idea of 2020 vision and 2020 hindsight, I'm smiling because it's something that I, I, I had a sort of a vision about when I was uh, on with uh, a numerologist I have on every year to do a... Um, forecast for the following year and we did right. it at the end of December and the first thing that came to mind was both 2020 vision and hindsight is 2020 and how beautifully put that was Daryl how beautifully put we and how metaphorical and powerful we, we, we find ourselves right smack in the middle of that and having the opportunity right. to have vision based on hindsight to go forward so right. yeah right. Okay. we have to learn we have to learn from what we've chosen before mm. so that we can make different choices if we need to. Absolutely. And we will, for sure. Let's bring this in. Some will. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let me bring this in at this point. I want to get your way in on this. Um, yeah. Many, I'm sure you are as well, are aware that this past January, the 12th of January to be exact, there was this rare cosmic conjunction. Specifically, this was a Saturn-Pluto conjunction, very rare event that many interpreted uh, as a sort of activation of this planet and an activation or upgrade of ourselves. Would it be fair to say, from your perspective and that of Bashar, actually, that this conjunction is directly connected to the so-called, and I want to stress so-called, crisis that we're going through in, in this very tangible way? Is it connected, do you think, <clears throat> with the conjunction? Well, Everything is a reflection of what's going on in our consciousness. So I don't look at those things as causal mechanisms. I look at them as reflections that reveal to us what's already happening within our consciousness, both collectively and individually. So it's, a again, physical reality, a mirror reflecting to us what is going on with us so that we can use it as a guiding mechanism to either maintain that same direction or to change directions so i don't look at anything in physical reality in that context as something that is causing anything to change <clears throat> i think it's a reflection of the change that was already going on within us and if we are people who know how to read those reflections then we can see the correlations mm -hmm. okay i'm thinking of the idea of one for all and all for one, the individual and the collective in this. I mean, we're going through a collective experience, no question. And yet it's it's uh, people that are listening to this. There are going to be many who will understand exactly what you're talking about, 
and still mm-hmm. many others who will not hear it, or maybe will, that will say, I have no idea what Daryl Anka is talking about. That's okay. Uh, sure. But I, I'm trying to figure out what the, what the question even is. I, I'm thinking again, we are really all in this together at this point, right? We've heard we that are. before, but n- not yeah. like I've ever seen before. And yet not everyone yeah. is going to understand what, what that reflection denotes. So... No, everyone has a different path. They're going to see the symbols and the permission slips that are correct for them in the state that they're in, whatever that state may be. And, um, you know, all we can do is put out our perspective, share what we see uh, that makes sense to us. And as Bashar has often said, the only thing you can do is just share options, share ideas. What somebody does with that information is none of our business because we don't know their path. That's right. We don't know what they need to know. We don't know what they don't need to know. So the only way you can really be of assistance as an individual is to share a perspective. At least that way you give someone the option to consider it, to decide whether it's something that's true for them at that particular moment in their lives. And then basically you have to let that go. We can't insist or need someone else to believe us, to change, or do anything. Otherwise, we're just sort of adding to the negative energy that already exists in our planet where people think that others should believe as they do. This is just what individuals can do to help the total, to help the whole, Mm -hmm. is express themselves, express the truth that they are, again, doing their best to be clear within themselves that they're not putting fear-based ideas out there. They're not creating more anxiety, but just putting out options and opportunities and things to consider that work for us, those that use these principles. We know they can work for others, but there's no insistence that they must be adopted by others. Otherwise, we're just being as negative as we're saying, you know, other people are being. Right. Well, sure. I think what I, what, and I agree with you, but I think what I'm, uh, what I'm really thinking, I think what I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about so many things these days, it's hard for me to get my keep my thoughts clear. What might be the repercussions if too many of us don't heed that from that perspective is really where I want to go. The collective repercussions, the collective. Yeah, as Bashar often also says, remember, we never change the world we're on. We change ourselves. And we actually shift to another version of Earth that already exists that's Mm. more reflective of the change we made in us. So this gets into things like parallel realities, the multiverse, all of that kind of idea, which can be for some a little esoteric. But the basic idea is that time and space are illusions. Everything exists all at the same time. Mm -hmm. We only see what we are tuned to the vibration of to see. But as we change our ideas, we change our vibrations, We start to see a different world, literally, because we have shifted our consciousness, our focus to a different version of Earth that exists simultaneously with the version we were on a moment ago. And we are experiencing literally bit by bit, whether fast or slow, a progression through different versions of Earth. So the change has to be made within the person. They may for a while still be able to see and observe the version of Earth that they're no longer really strongly connected to, Mm -hmm. but that will change over time. But it's not that the world they were on changes. 
it's that what changes is their ability to still perceive that world as opposed to perceiving one that's now more in alignment with the vibrational frequencies they have changed within themselves. I completely get that. Uh, there have been so many iterations of that message, and I don't, I don't think that's a metaphor at all. I think that could be quite literal. No, so many of us have talked. It's quite about... literal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in fact, that's what's going on all the time anyway. I was just going to say, yes. Perspective, the idea of mm. change and time is a side effect of our consciousness actually shifting through billions of parallel reality versions of Earth every single second. So, in fact, the entire universe every single second is different. That gives us an opportunity to know that every moment we're back at zero and that we can decide what the next moment is going to be based on what we believe to be true. So we're constantly shifting through parallel realities just to create the side effect that mm. we call time. As an example, it, let's say someone was had made that shift or perhaps have been has been of that frequency, another frequency where they're experiencing a different reality while simultaneously being here. Would they or could they become, let's say, impervious to the virus as an example, an extreme example? But they can, because, again, in their reality, there may not be a virus. Ah, that's exactly. Yes. Yes. So while they may appear to still be in this reality, as I said, there may be a, a time frame where it appears there's an overlap where people can still observe each other's realities and they may, may only think that someone they're observing is in their reality. They may not be. And eventually that will probably crystallize to the point where they will no longer observe in the years to come those particular people that are no longer vibrationally compatible with the reality or version of Earth that they've shifted to. So it's quite possible to go through any number of variations, like you're saying, being susceptible to the virus, a reality where the virus is there, but you're not susceptible to it, and a reality where there is no virus. Absolutely. All of these things and anything in between is another version of Earth. I think that's always been the case. Uh, some people having the ability to, I don't want to say sidestep, but uh, again, living concurrent with the planet as most see it, but experiencing a completely different reality, including including the tangibles, the physical effects. I know that people Absolutely, that have been able yeah. to walk down the street and not be detected by other people. Uh, right, literally. exactly. Now, I want, there's one caveat to mm. this that I really think is very important for people to understand, because I know that sometimes when people hear that, they automatically go, oh, okay, well, I'll just shift and I'll be impervious because there won't <laughs> be a virus in my reality. Right. That can happen. It's not about whether that's possible. The real question is, is that probable for their belief system? Because sometimes simple things, the path of least resistance, like social distancing, like washing your hands, like staying you know, in your home for a while, that can be more effective than trying to overcome and shift to a reality that fundamentally you don't necessarily believe you can do. So the idea is to simply take the path of least resistance. If that actually requires a physical action like social distancing, that may actually be more in alignment with your belief about what's possible for you at this particular moment. So it's not about insisting that you have to out-spiritual the physical reality <laughs> and become an ascended being instantly because not many of us have a belief system that would allow that to happen easily. But it's a process. And while you're working on that process, whether it's fast or slow, 
it's always wise to also understand that synchronicity brings you sometimes the path of least resistance that can seem very simplistic and doesn't seem to be connected to the idea of advancing your spirituality, but may in fact be the most spiritual thing you can do, is just pay attention to the simple things you can do that also put you in the state that you prefer to be in. And so suggestions like social distancing and washing your hands may actually sometimes be the most spiritual thing you can do because you're honoring your belief mm. system about what will work for you at this particular moment. It's not about denying the physical answers or physical solutions. It's about working with all of the solutions at the same time and just choosing the path of least resistance for what is most likely to be probable in your belief system. This is why I, you know, I said earlier, it's, it's really about knowing yourself and really being honest about what you believe to be true. Because if there's a, a hint of a negative and fear-based belief system within you about the idea that you may not really be ready to shift to a reality in which there's no virus, that's going to be something that will not necessarily work for you right now. So do the things that you know in your belief system probably will work for you. And that would just be an easier path to take for the moment while you're working on transcending hmm. into another reality as well. That's great advice, Daryl. Thank you so much. Sure. A again, looking at, we're, we're using the term social distancing, some people mm -hmm. self-quarantining uh, themselves, self uh, The no more sports, not by choice, but that's what's happened. It's now, a different time. Huh? It's a different time. It's a different time. But this is a point I want to make, and it's almost certainly a different time to say the least. Look at the opportunity that has presented itself just in right. that. Never a better time to sit in solitude and quietude. Never a yes. better time to know or get to know thyself. All of those things that <clears throat> otherwise we'd be chasing something else. Now I know people still have to work. They still have to do whatever it is they do. But, sure. Right. But then we take advantage of the systems that we've already set up like this, like the Internet. So yes. business may be changing into a more virtual form overall. Uh, it may go back somewhat to the way it was when this is passed. But again, it's an, like you're saying, it's not only an opportunity for inner uh, investigation, but it's also an opportunity to start looking around and going, you know, maybe we could do things a little bit easier this way or that way. Maybe this opens up another additional way to do things that help streamline businesses and, and social events and things like that. And people come up with all sorts of new ideas because now they have to. So, you know, we could come out the other end of this with some very interesting differences to how society operates, how things might be able to be done a little bit more efficiently, more positively, how we can reach out and support each other in very different ways. Mm. So, you know, there are many ways that we can take advantage and learn lessons from this that can, you know, augment our society in positive ways. In positive ways, beautiful. Again, I'm smiling broadly, guys, I really am. Well, you, you hit the, one of the last main points I wanted to make or questions I wanted to ask you in terms of returning. You know, well, I'm sure there are a lot of people waiting for things to get back to, quote, normal. And yet I have a funny mm. feeling we're dealing with a new normal, a new way of life. 
And we are. Yeah. Am I right in, in when Bashar said? Yeah, and he, I think it's also more, it's rather than, let's say, people wanting to get back to normal. I know I know what that means, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also important to think about, rather than being normal, I think it's about getting back to being natural, who we really mm. are. And if each and every one of us <clears throat> can really respect the diversity that exists, you know, in our world, um, then, you know, we're going to have more unification because you know unity is not the product of everyone becoming homogenous unity is the product of respecting the diversity the differences in everyone and letting them all work together in the ways that they're designed to work together so you know i think this gives us an opportunity to be a little bit more in touch with the collective because this is a global experience yes but at the same time it's an opportunity for each individual to stand out be a part of this to shine to help to you know submit new perspectives new ideas about how things can be done uh and make changes uh, make decisions have discernment what do we really prefer here can we learn what this is based on what we're experiencing now and can we decide to make different decisions so that we don't necessarily have to experience this lesson in this way again love it i love it love it love it well, listen, you've said it all, man. I don't know what I can add to that. I don't even know if there are any other questions. We got it all there. But listen, I'm going to, <laughs> as we wind down, Daryl, you've been so kind to impart uh, some of your wisdom. You're so articulate and, yeah. and Bashar's wisdom to all of us. Yeah, I love it. At the, such a critical time. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, and I think I already know the answer, but how are you doing? People want to know. How, how's Daryl Anka doing right now? Right okay. now? I'm okay. I'm I'm going with the flow. I'm I'm following the path of least resistance, staying in a positive state. Because again, if you don't choose to stay in a positive state, then you cannot experience any benefit from whatever is happening. Um, you can't even think of things that could be inspirational, that could that's open true. up new insights and new ideas. Mm -hmm. You have to stay in a positive state because that's what allows you to be on the same level as new ideas, inspirational thoughts that are of a higher frequency. So that's just the way it works. I understand Bashar's formula as clearly as I possibly can, is acting on your passion to the best you can, taking it as far as you can until you can take it no further, and not insisting or assuming what the outcome should look like, and remaining in a positive state so you can receive the benefit of whatever the experience is that's manifesting. So even if something manifests that you objectively don't prefer, it's got to be there for a reason you can use in a positive mm -hmm. way. And if you stay in the positive state, you will figure out how something you don't prefer can serve you. Because if nothing else, it can be as simple as manifesting something that you objectively don't prefer so that you can see by comparison to that more clearly what you do prefer instead. And that's a preferable way to use what you don't prefer. And when you stay in that positive state and use it that way, then usually what you don't prefer goes away because you've used it up. The only reason things that you don't prefer stick around is because you refuse to believe that they don't, you know, that they belong in your life. They've <laughs> got to be there for a reason. It's yeah. about using them in a way that works for you. And that's why Bashar often says, it's not so much that it matters what happens, it only really matters what you do with what happens that makes the difference in your experience of reality. Nothing this else is just physics. 
This yeah, is it, just physics. What you put out is, is what, what you, you get, get back. back. What you put out is what you get back. Yeah. Well, listen, Daryl, i uh, going to thank you again. You're not going to go anywhere for a little while. We're going to talk about why in a minute. But uh, before <laughs> we do, everyone is going to want to know where they can get a hold of the full Bashar channeling. We just gave you a little bit of, of a clip that was recorded back in December. Can you tell us where folks can get it so we can send them right over there? Absolutely. Please go if you want to know any more about Bashar's information to Bashar.org, B-A-S-H-A-R.org. There's a lot of information there, uh, a whole bunch of events that have been recorded that are available to the public there. So please check it out. Perfect. And I think I had gone over there. By the way, I'm going to say you absolutely must go over, grab this. This is one of the things that you can do that you will prefer is uh, now that you're home, go get that immediately. I believe you can get it on demand. Listen to it tonight. Take it in and you'll want to listen to it again and again. So we're going to get the link. I can navigate people, Daryl, directly to that particular uh, channeling. And of course, you can peruse the rest of the site. There's so much content there. Of course. And uh, a special announcement uh, very soon, probably within the next couple of weeks, um, we have uh, created a new Bashar book that will be available through the site. It is called The Masters of Limitation and E.T.'s Observations of Earth. And this was actually dictated by Bashar. It's a channeled book. So um, I think it'll be very exciting now to offer this to the public. So within a couple of weeks, please visit the site. Keep looking uh, for that book. Bookmark it, everybody. And I'm, and by the way, Daryl, I think I'm going to put that. Well, I'm going to put the Bashar.org link on my website, which is higherjourneys.com as well. So we can drive people there through several different channels to Bashar. Thank you. All right. Well, listen, folks, now it's time for me to let you all know out there, the journeyers whom I love so much, that after months of planning and preparation, Higher Journeys has officially launched its own Patreon platform. Woohoo! <laughs> Listen, I have to tell you, we had this date on the calendar, the date that you're hearing this for months as our launch date, obviously having no idea that we'd be dealing with such a crisis at this time. And I had been thinking about postponing the announcement to you all and even thought about holding off on doing a Patreon altogether. But after some careful consideration, some meditation, some contemplation, and a nudge from some of my colleagues and dear friends, and the fact that we created the Higher Journeys Patreon page for you, to bring you even more resources and content that you can truly use on your own journey, especially at this time, we decided to forge ahead with our Patreon. So I am delighted to let you know that we are live and ready to go. So here's what you do. Simply head on over to patreon.com forward slash higher journeys and see what we've got cooking. And believe me, it's a lot. Again, we've designed the offerings, what they call uh, membership tiers in a very unique way. And the deliverables are probably not what you might normally find on some Patreon uh, platforms. We really wanted to think out of the box. And again, with you in mind for this. So everyone, given what we're going through right now, and after listening to uh, Daryl's incredible message, uh, what we will uh, likely to continue to journey through for some time, rest assured, what we're, what's happening now, we'll be changing and tweaking the offerings to meet the needs uh, of, the, uh, of the day, the, of the time, of the moment for all of you. But guess what? Daryl, look at the camera because this involves you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm uh, communing with my cat. <laughs> oh, oh, I love kitties. Okay, because we're going to be talking about Daryl. To kick things off, I am so excited to let you know that Daryl has agreed 
to continue our conversation, what I'm calling the private journey, which is a closed door talk that we're going to be offering exclusively to our patrons. So we are going to sign off for now of our regular show and head on over to do our chat. Oh, you got to show the kitty. And we're going to bring the kitty with us. So we're going to have a real exclusive chat with Daryl. And who is this? This is Pumpkin. Pumpkin? As in Pumpkin. Hi, Pumpkin, you little precious baby. Wave to the camera, Pumpkin. We have now met Daryl's Pumpkin. I love it. <laughs> so keep keep Pumpkin in the room because he can he can come on in and, and have that chat with us. I hope you all will come well, over. She's, she's going to her comfy corner. Oh, okay. That's that's fine. Social distancing. <laughs> six or <laughs> six or more feet away, remember. <laughs> bless, bless Pumpkin's heart. All right, folks, that's it for now. So Daryl and I are going to continue. You go on over. By the time you're hearing this, we will have it up and ready for you. Higherjourneys.com forward slash Patreon. And I am glad that we decided to go forward and really excited uh, to get your feedback on this brand new platform of Higher Journeys. Daryl, thank you, man. You stay with me. Stay close. And uh, God bless you once again for joining us on a message that we all needed to hear at such a pivotal time. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, Journeyers. We will see you real soon over on Patreon and Higher Journeys. (laughs) Take good care. Bye.